Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. All right, rolling along here on this Tuesday in the Q's game tonight at the Yum Center between the Orange and Louisville. Tip time on the U is 7 o'clock. Access pregame for you at 6. I'll be back here with uh, Eric Devendorf at 9-ish whenever the game's over. How about that? And uh, for our normal postgame coverage, your calls, Jim Beheim, all that good stuff that we get to uh, postgame uh, today on the radio down uh, Louisville way will be our next guest, Bob Valvano, joining us now. Bob, welcome in. Thanks for hopping on today. Hey, happy to be with you. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year to you. Uh, to you as well, Bob. And, you know, you can tell me if this is about nine steps too far, but, you know, and I think you know this from being in the sports talk world. We've been talking all day long about uh, what what happened last night uh, in the Buffalo-Cincinnati game with Darmar Hamlin, and we're all wishing him the best and, you know, invited you on to talk about the game tonight, but I think so much about your brother and your work with the, the V Foundation. It's kind of two things that, you know, have verged into sports things that have gone, you know, really far away from sports and always, always tie their way back. So I, I'm intrigued to see, uh, you know, what, what your thought of is everything that happened last night. Now we're seeing charitable donations in DeMar na- DeMar's name and everything that's gone along here in the last 24 hours or so. Yeah, I, I, you know, I just got done with my show here, and obviously uh, Louisville, this is the first show we were able to do after the Louisville-Kentucky game, so normally that would have dominated our conversation, those two teams, but I would say 90% of the show today was about, you know, that situation there, and it's it's, it's really tough. It's just, um, it's really emotional. I mean, you know, the closest thing that we've experienced to that here was, and, it, and I don't mean to make a, a potential life-and-death situation comparable to a guy who just had a gruesome injury, but the year Louisville won the national championship, mm. Kevin Ware got hurt in that game against Duke, and it was gruesome. And I mean, we're watching players literally openly sobbing on the sideline and getting sick to their stomach, and that was that was gut wrenching. And now, obviously, you magnify it a hundred thousand fold by a guy who's fighting for his life. So, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's an emotional thing. I often say though, when we're when things are at their worst is when we're at our best. And, I mean, you saw, I'm sure, you've talked about it, that he had his, um, they were trying to raise, they had toys for Tots thing. Their, their goal was $2,500, and they've now gone over $4 million. So people people want to do something, want to show they care, and want to, want to be able to help. And, um, um, you know, obviously, but on top of it, it's, I don't know this doesn't sound hard-hearted, but, I mean, on top of it, it let, let's just say this was a, a situation where the game was postponed for uh, far less, you know, egregious thing, a, a difficult thing emotionally. I still would put myself in the place of what the heck does the league do? Mm-hmm. I mean, what were they going to do? The NFL and the logistics? It wasn't wasn't like the, you know, the, the Bears against the Texans. I mean, it was a meaningful game. I mean, it, and for that to to happen and not, not know what was going to transpire, and I guess they're doing the best they can, which is just – Go on, you know, go forward from there, and two teams will play one less game than everybody else. So yeah. that's uh, kind of where it goes. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of logistics, as you know, Bob, in the NFL, and it's on Monday Night Football. It's national TV, and uh, you know, one more week in the season. There's eight million things, and you know, we we've mentioned that GoFundMe now. It was so we started the show at two. I think it was at four point two some odd million dollars. Then right now it's past four point six uh, million wow. dollars. So I mean, you, you, you <laughs> oh my know, God. You know this from charity, like raising four point six million dollars in 
uh, what are we at now? This is like 18 hours. That 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 is a wild amount of money in that that short amount of time. Well, it, it, again, it underscores the connection that that fans have with sports in general and with athletes. I'm I'm going to guess of that four some odd million dollars, four point. Well, let's just say, for sake of argument, four point six, four point five of it are from people who don't even know this man. You know, never right. met him and had no personal interaction, but we connect emotionally and. Uh, you know, as I said, I'm sorry it's for such a reason, but boy, people are really opening their hearts uh, with what's gone on, and and it's really even even just as a fan, it's emotionally draining. Everybody's just waiting for some more news to come out, and uh-huh. obviously we still don't know anything. So, um, you know, just everybody, that if you're so inclined, in prayers and and to see everybody reacting like they have is again when we're at when things are at their worst, we're often at our best. So, we'll, hopefully, good things will. Uh, will transpire from uh, this when it all passes. Yeah, and uh, you know, as you know, there, there really hasn't been much actual news uh, regarding Demar's no. health or status that has uh, come out, other than that he uh, remains in critical condition at the the UC Medical Center, which, as we've said, is an excellent uh, hospital in Cincinnati. But uh, Bob Valvano is our guest. Uh, you know, the reason I had you on uh, the fun with stories like this is transitioning to something else. Is uh, the game tonight? And uh, oh boy, like we we talk about you talk about going back in the years and Louisville winning the title. Like, well, Syracuse back in 2013 was in the Yum Center, like when Louisville was number one and upset them there, and it it was one of the biggest games in college basketball. Now, Houston Louisville are playing tonight. And it's like, oh, th- this is happening. What 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 is going on with Louisville this year? This is like this is hard to comprehend uh, to see them with two wins at this stage. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it'll it'll unless something completely unforeseen happens. I mean, it's not exactly real great insight here, but this will go down as one of the worst teams in their in their history. There's no question. I mean, because they're just they're just not good. I mean, uh, there's 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 a million reasons for it. Some are people get mad. Oh, it's an excuse. Well, whatever. I mean, it is a logical explanation, though. I mean, they they up until. Really, right before this season, the, the consensus was this team was going to get uh, a postseason, post uh, post year suspension and, and um, miss the tournament. And, and people even thought, hey, it could be multiple years. Heck, they could even get the death penalty. And, that, and every time they tried to talk to a kid in the transfer portal, that's kind of what the kids came back with. I mean, even if it's like just one year in college. You know, you want to play in the tournament, and so now all the other schools were telling them, "Why would you want to go there? They're not going to be in the tournament this year. They may not be in the tournament in the next five years. Who knows?" And so, uh, he Kenny Kenny Payne, the coach, couldn't really get players. And there are others that say, "Well, you know, LSU had a shadow hanging over their head, and Kansas did, and they all went and got players. They went forward. I, I don't know." What, what the reason is, I just know that they definitely tried to get players in the transfer portal. They didn't. The, the high school window had pretty well closed, and they have a serious uh, gap between them and everybody else, certainly in the ACC and the teams that they played. They went to Hawaii and played three games against very good teams and didn't come close with anybody there. So they're they're outmanned, you know. And, and not only that. This is the analogy I've given. Even if you say, listen, they've got some good players, and they do have some talent on the team, but it's kind of like I can tell you, well, I've got a football team, I've got 11 all pros. And you go, wow, they must be good. But unfortunately, all 11 of them are kickers. You know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to have a very good team. That's kind of the story here. They have a terrible, 
terrible makeup. Their best player is L. Ellis, who's playing the point for them, largely because they don't think the other guys really are up to, to doing it. And and he's not a point guard. He, he's he's not wired as a point guard. He's wired as a scorer. He knows how to play without the ball. He can go and get good shots for himself. But they have to play him at the point. And he's it's been hard for him because you can almost see the gears turning in his head when the game starts. All right, I know i got to get the other guys involved, so let me try and get him involved. And he's, take, he's taking away from his own effectiveness by doing that. And he's not – his assist-to-turnover ratio was atrocious to start the year. It's still not very good, but it's better than it was. But – you know, they, they the game is, is college basketball's kind of always been a guards game, and that's their weakness. And they have they don't really have any point guards, and they, they don't have great shooting. And then all their front court guys are kind of in the same mold. They they are they they don't really have any stretch fours. Anybody who's a, a big guy up front who can make you have to step away from the basket. They all what what points they get are generally around the basket. And then the one guy who had experience who you thought should be a good player, a kid named Jalen Withers who two years ago was really good, last year kind of disappeared. This year started like, oh, he's going to get back on track. And now he's been, frankly, invisible. He's played 25 minutes, 30 minutes, and his stat line is like nothing, like no field goals, two rebounds. So they got that. So one of the guys that you'd say, all right, we can hang our hat on, he's giving them nothing. So uh, I I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. They played Kentucky for about 30 minutes dead even, and that's a hard place to play, mm-hmm. you know, at any time. And then the other 10, they got outscored by like 25 points. So I don't know which team Syracuse is going to get. I have no idea. I wouldn't touch this game from a betting standpoint with a 10-foot pole. That's yeah. all I'm going to tell you. Uh, yeah, it's a, a nine-point line last time I looked, and uh, we can tell you this, Bob, from the Syracuse perspective, uh, we'd love to tell you what the Orange are going to do tonight, but we don't have the slightest clue either. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that makes the fun of the game tonight, right, that you go into it with the literally no expectations, and you just got to let it play out a bit. That's why I said that. I, I really, you know, uh, obviously, given the fact that Louisville's only won two games and what is Syracuse nine and five? Is that yeah, what they are? Is nine that right? and five. Yep. I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, so I would, you know, you'd think that Syracuse would would win the game, but I have no idea because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, they played Western Kentucky. Louisville did and shot the ball like they they had a team full of Steph Curry's. And I'm no, and they haven't done it before, and they haven't done it since. But they, you know, they're capable. It was maybe it was just one of those nights. I actually think they played best you know, in, in, in the Kentucky game. And you can say, well, that's kind of a damning by faint praise because they wound up losing by 23. But they did. For 30 minutes of the game, their offense looked better. The, the co- they were much more cohesive. They got good shots. So uh, I don't know. But, but the one bugaboo that has bothered this team all year has been turnovers. The turnover ratio is atrocious. And Syracuse has your listeners obviously know, always does well in creating turnovers, which can lead to easy baskets. And if you, you haven't had the experience of playing against that zone, and then push you to the corner and try and trap everything and get steals and runouts, uh, I'm afraid that if Louisville has one of their games tonight, then uh, Syracuse could cover and then some. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. You know, like I said, these are two of the most unpredictable teams probably in Division One basketball right now. And, uh, yeah, you throw them on the court at the same time, you roll the dice and see what happens. Uh, Judah Mintz is leading the league in steals. So hopefully that uh, bodes well from an orange perspective. Bob Valvano is our guest. And uh, Bob, so, I mean, this year, you know, kind of regardless of what happens here, is going to be a mess for Louisville. But uh, what is your long-term big-picture view of Kenny Payne? I mean, this is an impossible spot he's been dropped into. Is this a year that, you know, derails everything that he ever might have wanted to do? Or is this one uh, where, you know, administration whatever can look past it and say, okay, this is a mess clean slate and he's got a chance to go forward and build something or is this going to be too hard to come back from 
Well, I, there's a lot of things to, to, to unpack there. One is I, I'm very disappointed, quite honestly, in the Louisville fan base who have just, um, I, I mean, it, it's gone beyond. You're, listen, at 2-12, and 12, one of the very proud programs in the country, they're 2-12. and 12. I get it. You want to be disappointed? Fine. You want to say, boy, I thought we'd be better? Okay. You know, to say that uh, I've just it, it, it actually angers me to see the team play at this level. That's all fine. But the most personal attacks on Kenny are really bothering me because there's a couple of things. One, I get to see, you know, not like he calls me up and consults with me before every practice, but I've gone to practice. I've watched what he's doing, and it irks me when people who don't know speak so authoritatively on things that they don't have any firsthand information. For example, well, you know, they're 2-12. and 12. They have more talent than that. He's not teaching very much. He's not coaching. I've gone to practice. The guy is teaching until he's blue in the face. I mean, he's he knows what he wants to do. He knows how he wants to see them play, and, and they are taking a long time to get it for a lot of reasons. One, it's very different than the way they played before here. So the guys who have returned, uh, you know, they are learning a whole new system. Two, the guys who came in from other places, you know, Huntley Hatfield came from Tennessee, so they're learning a whole new system. And three, frankly, he's asking them to do things that they're not, skill set doesn't work. I mean, you know, if you have a point guard, a great point guard, they can do the things that he's trying to get them to do. It's hard for L to do it. He's And he's getting really frustrated at that. So it irks me when they get so almost personal in their insults to the guy who, again, take it for what it's worth, he absolutely walks the walk of what he talks. And that is, he tells people, and they're like, oh, it's too Pollyanna. I don't want to hear any more about loving these guys. And But he really does. He really, really it takes as his first priority is players, and he doesn't, you know, and he's he's always there to step up for them. He doesn't berate them, but he also, that's why you're, oh, he's too easy on them. I go to practice, <laughs> he's not easy on them. He's not abusive to them, but you can be demanding without being abusive, and he is demanding. And so he just has uh, the bad circumstance. Now, the only thing I will say is, you know, like the one thing I mentioned already, could he have gotten more players out of the transfer portal? Maybe. I don't know. I, I didn't coach when the transfer portal was in business, so I don't know how you make it work and NIL and all that. But I still believe the circumstances that we alluded to earlier would have prevented anybody from really doing very well in that. And the other thing is he could have, I call it make a deal with the devil. And what I mean by that is he's teaching them the way that he wants to see them play when he gets the caliber of player that he's looking for. Uh, and they're not suited to do that now. And you could have, you know, like I said, made a deal with the devil. All right, well, for a year, this year, I'm going to play more 2-3 zone. They're not really, they don't, they're not a great man-to-man defensive team. And I think the zone actually has been fairly good for him. But he doesn't want to play it because he's not going to play it very much when he gets the players he wants. He could run more sets. He could slow the game down, you know, reduce the number of possessions, shorten the game, as they say. He's not doing all that because he, that's, then it's like starting all over next year because he doesn't want to play this way. But... You could probably steal a win or two. Those they had those three one point losses in a row to start the season. I, I, they probably would have won at least one of those, maybe all three of them. But he's not interested in doing that. He wants them to play a way that he's going to play down the road until he's putting the first chapter of that in this year. But it's going to make for a long year because then it's they're not the talent isn't suited to play this way, and um, they, they they have such a small mar- margin for error. But are they getting better? Yeah, and they, there's no question they're getting better. The Kentucky game I saw. 
that. And to him, that's what he's looking at. You know, that's how he's gauging whether they're going forward. Is simply are they getting better? But um, it's hard. I'd be hard pressed to see them winning a whole lot more if they even get to five or six wins. Honestly, that's how big the gap is now between them and everybody else in the ACC. Yeah, stunning to say out loud, but that has certainly been the case. Uh, I know this though: when Syracuse and Louisville get on the basketball court, something interesting usually happens. I don't know what it'll be, but uh, something will happen tonight. All right, Bob. Uh, thanks so much for hopping on for a few and uh, have fun at the Um Center tonight. It was good to talk to you. Happy New Year to your, you and your listeners, and uh, appreciate a visit with you. Thanks so much. All right, Bob. Thanks so much. That is Bob Valvano joining us from uh, down in Louisville today with that final break, final wrap. What's on tap when we come back after this? It's QSportsTalk.com at ESPN Radio.